The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hola amigos, como esta usted? Estoy muy feliz because I'm on my third cup of coffee. Hey Dope Village, I'm Julie Foudy alongside Linnell Zowie. Hi Lynn. Hi Jules, what did you just sing to us? Um, that is a song from my kitty's Spanish immersion kindergarten class. Aww. That's how they learn Spanish. It says, hi friends, how are you? Mm. I'm very happy. Because I'm on my third cup of coffee. I think that's exactly how it went. <laughs> hey, we have a treat for our listeners today. Our guest is Olympic gold medalist hockey player Hillary Knight, who I know you agree with me, Lynn, is a complete joy. Yeah, she really is. And we have had the good fortune of doing some feature stories in the past with the U.S. women's national hockey team. And I had a realization after this interview. Oh, and? You know how we've talked about or the idea has been brought up about what sport you would have played if you hadn't been a soccer player? Mm-hmm. I have the answer. Ooh. It would have been hockey because <laughs> <God>. these women <laughs> are so rad and they remind me, Hillary included and then other players that we've met over the years, they remind me so much of the 99ers. Oh, I thought it was because of my ice skills. <laughs> I've seen those. You've seen those. Yeah. You're like, nope, wasn't that. Oh, that's nice because I do love these women. I, I consider them BFFs anyways. So, I mean, going all the way back to the Cami Granado, Angela Ruggiero days. So, and then of course, now the current crop, Hillary Knight is one of the veterans on this U.S. women's ice hockey team. She won gold at the 2018 Pyeongchang Olympics. She's also a two-time Olympic white gold medalist. And while she was at the University of Wisconsin, which is where she played collegiately, she won two national championships and became the Badgers' all-time leading scorer. She's heading to her fourth Olympics very soon, actually, which is crazy. They start in early February. And she also just got announced as part of our ESPN team covering the NHL. Go Hill. She also recently got her MBA in all her spare time. Yes, the woman is sensational. And she was kind enough to chat with us between trainings. So this is a shorty but goody. Get comfortable listening. It's Hillary Knight. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces... Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, 
We've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. I saw that, as you know, we've been counting down the 100 days until the Olympics. And I literally thought, what the hell? It's 100 yeah. days or less than 100 days? Because it, it, it just feels like we just got to go to Tokyo. What happened? I know. I know. So You're telling if, me. <laughs> if I went into panic mode, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it feels like we don't have enough time, you know? But... We'll make it work. We always do, right? Gosh, hey, Hillary, so one of the last times we were together was back in 2017 when we did a shoot with... Yeah, Saudi ate it on the ice. <laughs> that is exactly the question I was going to ask. Do you remember that one time you taught Julie how to do a slap shot? Whoa! <laughs> I was going to ask if your back's still okay. Everything good? Yeah, I'm so happy that you guys get such pleasure out of that. <laughs> I do have video evidence of... Hillary Knight teaching Julie how to do a slap shot. That was funny. I, I had visions. Let me tell you, when I was stepping up for that slap shot, that it was going to like, per, it was going to burst through the net. It was going to break the net. It was coming with such velocity, upper V. Nope. I just got ice. <laughs> a big chunk of it. I have, I have the video and I will gladly resurface it uh, on social oh media when we post this episode. I did have someone recently say to me they saw that video and they're still laughing like three years later. I was like, well, I'm glad I could provide that for you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, the first thing we always do in the pod, Hill, is we set the scene where you're at, what you're doing. So set the scene, Hill. Okay, I am with Team USA and Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we're down here playing a local boys team. Oh, you go easy on the boys or you just go full throttle, beat them up? Oh, you got to beat them up. You yeah. know, it, it reminds course. me a lot of playing with my younger brothers. You just go out there, you have fun and, um, you know, take ice where you can and score goals when you can play defense, you know, all the fun stuff. So you go to New Mexico for that. Is there not boys closer by? No, there are, um, you know, we're just kind of making our rounds, trying to figure out different opponents to challenge us in different ways and, um, you know, seize whatever opportunity that we have with one another. Cause we're almost making up for lost time. Right. Cause the mm. Olympics are right here. I know. And COVID and all of that. Crazy. What a couple of years, right? Mm -hmm. This must feel so weird to you guys. Well, it's good that you're finally all back together. Where, where's actually the residential residential training camp? So residency is in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Okay, Minnesota. Uh, we're right. just outside. And it's been great to be with each other, right? Because we've been all working on our own in our different areas. And then to finally have, you know, sort of this 
an, enough time with one another to create chemistry that we've just been missing for the last couple of years. Yeah. How long will you play together before you head to the Olympics? So right now our roster is 28 and we have to get down to 23 before we go to the Olympics. Um, So we will spend, I don't necessarily know uh, the timeline for cuts and stuff, but we'll spend the next good portion of the the hundred or less than hundred days (laughs) leading up and and sticking together with some, some breaks, obviously for Thanksgiving and uh, holidays. So. You now a veteran of the team, which is so <laughs> crazy. I always just see you as like this little youngster. Three Olympics I ago. Like that. I know. <laughs> we all do. I was actually talking with Johnny Langle, who is a dear friend of both of ours. Johnny, to give our listeners some context, was our national team lawyer for many years with the soccer team, the USA soccer team. And he has, of course, been your lawyer for many years. And he said to me the other day something that I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. He said, and he's given me permission to say it on the podcast. He goes, Hillary Knight is our Mia Hamm. And I said, oh, how so? (laughs) I know, right? I go, how so? He goes, one, she's the superstar. And she cares so, and, you know, he loves the entire team. He, like, lives for you guys. He's constantly giving me updates. But he said, Hillary is all about the team. And what's good for the team and is so selfless like Mia was in terms of just wanting to do the team right. And I, I literally was like, oh, my God, I want to hug her next time I see her. That's oh. high praise, sister. High praise. Hi, high praise. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's quite an honor. Oh, yeah. I loved that, too. Because uh, yeah. as as people who uh, have listened to our Mia Ham episode know in our Dope Village, like... The thing I talk about all the time is how, you know, your superstar can go either way, right? You can have an Aswipe as your yeah. superstar, or you can have a Hillary or a Mia type who are all about the team. So um, I'm glad you're in that leadership role now and, and crushing it. How do you see yourself as a leader on the team? Oh my gosh. I see myself as a little kid. No, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's one of those things where you wake up one day and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm now one of the oldest or I am the oldest now on our, our squad. But some of it is just like making sure that you're approachable and you're, you're doing the right things. You're almost serving the team. Right. And you want to make sure that you're bringing the best out of everybody. I think that's sort of just leadership style is putting, putting the we before me. Um, and I think a handful of us do that. And that's why we've been so successful the last few years. Yeah. Okay. Let's go back the last few years because now I have watched your guys' journey for a long time as a journalist and and a friend. And as I was in Pyeongchang in 2018 and having covered you guys in the prior Olympics where you would come into a lot of these Olympics as silver medalists. And so you're hungry and you have that. But that moment in the press box in 2018, and I was trying to make sure I stayed as a capital J journalist where we're not supposed to emote or show any emotion. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing from the press box. And then it goes to shootouts. And and I thought, uh, I cannot live. I don't know. I knew you guys couldn't live through this like heartbreak of another gold medal match that slips out of your hands. I was like, I can't do it selfishly. I don't care what they can do. I cannot do it. <laughs> I mean, that moment, oh, I, I I get the chills just thinking about it. It was one of my most thrilling moments. This time it did not slip out of the USA's hands. No, it didn't. I think I blacked out, to be honest. Because <laughs> I remember I, I didn't watch the game until um, 
you know, we were all kind of hunkered down and at home with COVID. And I was like, wait, this happened? Like, I don't, I don't remember the game, really? you know, because wow. you're just in it. But from what I've heard, everyone's like, why did you give me that heart attack? I've lost half a head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was stressful as a competitor, but I think more stressful for fans and, and people who are just like championed us for, for, you know, so many years. And obviously, Fowl, you've been um, an integral part of our success, both off and on the ice. So it's uh, really cool. We could kind of bring it back full circle. Oh, well, I, and that's the thing that interests me with this cycle of Olympics. Like you guys have always come in. Well, not always. It's been what the last five Olympics where you have this almost primal hunger that, okay, we're, we're the silver medalists and we want to be on top again. Mm-hmm. as y'all were in 1998, Cami Granado days, right? Angela Ruggiero days. And this time around, you come in in a very different situation for yourself and for, for all these players, really, is that you're the reigning Olympic gold medalist. So how does that change things in terms of your approach and, and the mentality? Yeah, I, it, and that's a, it. We'll see how it plays out, right? <laughs> But um, it's one of those things is how do you continue to create that hunger when you're full, when you've had so much success on the world stage? Mm-hmm. How you, we've had so many world championships and I don't know how many last years. And obviously we took a hit in August losing in Calgary and that was tough. Uh, for me, it felt a lot like Sochi, right? That kind of style, just it's going through your fingers and you're, you're there, you're trying to hold on so tightly. But um, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset. And I think a lot of us just still consider ourselves the underdog even though we are, you know, reigning champs, um, there's so much to do in the sport and so much to work on. And we understand the value a gold medal brings, um, not necessarily to our group specifically, but to the country. Mm-hmm. And so going in there, you know, with that chip on your shoulder, be like, I'm, I'm going to put you through the wall and right. we're going to get this done is, is really important. Yeah. Well, and to have that chip, Right. If you come in as winners is always, I think, the challenging part, because even though you, you so badly want it, you you obviously every day you think about it, I want to repeat, I want to repeat. But there's like there's an edge to you when you come you're coming off a loss. And yeah. and as you said, you know, how do you stay hungry when you you are already full? Do you have to do extra? Do you have to do something beyond that to stay hungry? I think a lot of it is sort of that unspokenness, right? That accountability. Um, obviously, you can be direct with people, but it, it, you just don't want the you want a championship culture, but you don't want it to err on the side of of um, you know overly confident or fearful right. that you're going to lose something. Right. So it's really just uh, stomping that out when it when it becomes an issue and just identifying and addressing it and um, making sure that it doesn't become part of our fabric because we we need to first get to that opportunity, right? We need to work our way through a tournament and then we need to seize that opportunity. And the way I look at it is you start on equal footing when the tournament, the first puck drops, right? Everyone is zero, zero, and you've got to create your record. Do you think it helped losing the world championships this, this past one? I hate losing, so I don't want to admit it, but yeah, definitely. I do, right? Yeah, we, we've had some, you know, some fantastic players in our room that I've never lost before. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That was their first loss, uh-huh. some of those players. Can you so this was that? the just to, again to give some context, I should have described that a little bit better. This was the COVID delayed world championships that got pushed to September, I believe, of twenty twenty one. So yeah. really recent. And you don't usually go that close between world championships and 
and Olympics, of course. Uh, and you guys lost in overtime too, of course. Damn Canada. Yeah. Uh, and in Canada. Uh, in Canada. It just, it just stings that much more. Yeah. So. so, but I did see that. And I will say, I did have a little like, okay, that's actually, you know, I always think it's good to lose. It's never good to lose a world championship ever. No. But like that stings enough where it's like, Duh, okay. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. And it's good, right? It puts, it sort of, uh, it develops sort of the fabric of, of the team in a way. And, and we do have a different team from, um, then, uh, cause we have more bodies now, but it's just, uh, it, it puts, it puts a marker down. Right. And then you're like, okay, like I gotta, I gotta get back to it. I gotta work harder. So. Is it more motivating or is it more gaining information for what you have to do better? I think it's both. I think every time we face off against them, it, it's a wonderful opportunity to see what we have and what sticks, what doesn't work, um, and go back to the drawing board. And fortunately, we got that opportunity early in the fall, uh, which was abnormal timing for all of us. Um, so it's just it's it's another piece of the puzzle when you kind of put it all together and you hope it all fits come February. And um, you know we've got a really tenacious group that uh, you know we're we're piecing things together nicely, which is great. Switching gears to off the ice, I was amazed to find out that during quarantine COVID, you did something that seems above and beyond. I felt accomplished when I started wearing jeans again during <laughs> quarantine. You went out and got your MBA. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Because <laughs> like, what right? were you thinking? I'm so proud of you. I know, I know. It was, uh, it was one of these things where I was like, well, I'm just sitting here and I, I need to be busy. I'm one of those busy bodies. And I built a garage gym and I kind of checked all the other hockey boxes. And I was like, okay, like, how do I work on myself? And um, going back to school kind of seemed like a good opportunity. Um, but it's a two-year program. And I was like, I'm not going to finish if I do it in two years. So I think I did it like one and change. Oh, But everything started picking back up like the world started opening up back up when all these finals were due i'm like okay great this is not a good decision because it, it's really challenging to play at this level and also tackle you know all the things that we have to tackle with the professional landscape um you know the national team stuff and then add school to the mix it's like it's a lot <laughs> how did you find the program it was just in state <clears throat> so i so i got it from uh, boise state you and uh it, it kind of hurts a little bit because i'm like a diehard badger for football and so you know i'm like <laughs> hey i can do this you know it's smurf turf but um no it's uh it's 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 really cool to look back and be like okay yeah i did that um because i there are moments that i was like i don't know if i can keep going <laughs> what, what, so you got your mba yeah what are you gonna do with it i don't know you know <laughs> I was like, I want to maximize my earning potential if I do go back into like a nine to five. But um, I'm such like an entrepreneurial spirit that. Yeah, I can't. I, love, I was going to say, I can't yeah. see you in a nine to five, sister, no. by the way, for the record. <laughs> I wanted to like, I felt like I was missing sort of that, the the business jargon, like the lingo, yeah. right? And I wanted to speak the same language. So when we're doing stuff with the PWHPA, like I fully understand uh, what these the consultants are talking about, yeah. for an example. Um, but no, I love building things. I love, um, creating and it's, it's just another like way to, to add to my skill sets that don't necessarily, you know, 
come through the sport of hockey and, and all the team stuff that we've done. So it's a, uh, it's a fun thing that I've learned how to poke around an Excel sheet, you know? <laughs> can you give us one really good business jargon that you can throw at us and maybe we can use in casual conversation? Oh no. I think my favorite to say is the, the P and L sheets. I just love saying that. Like, you know, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> profit and loss. <laughs> Lynn. Oh, <so> good. <laughs> But no, it's, it's good. It's like, as, as like the NFT space is advancing and like all the crypto stuff and and it's changing sports. Right. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to learn that side of things and bring it back. Cause I definitely have sort of the player mentality. And then obviously I've done the admin stuff. Uh, that's not super fun. So yeah, it's, uh, I know that. It, yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I know that well. Well, speaking of jobs, congratulations, by the way, on the NHL on ESPN. Welcome to the family. Yo, thanks. I'm excited. I don't know what my start date is because our schedule is kind of crazy here. But because um, you have this cool. small thing called the Olympics that you might need to take care of. Yeah, Something that's kind like of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of important. But, yeah. um, that That's so rad that you're doing all of that. I yeah, love it's this. Exciting. I get to like talk about hockey for a living. Like that's cool. Sign me up. You know, I just wish we had couches to do it on, but that's yeah. fine. And I just wish we had a women's professional league entirely uh, as well. So I, I, w- I would love to get your take on where you think women's pro hockey will be in the next five years. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. That's all I can say. I'm just, I'm so excited for the, the, the landscape and how fast things are moving um, and the game is also matching the pace that things are being built. And it's just, it's incredible. So what we've done with the PWHPA and all of our successes are only- And the the PWHPA is Professional Women's Hockey Players Association. Nailed it. Thank you. (laughs) It is a busy word, yes. Quickly quickly describe that, Hillary, because that's interesting um, because I know there's also another iteration of a Women's Professional Hockey League out there, but just describe what you guys have done with the PWHPA. Yeah, it's a it's a player led, player driven organization that provides programming resources um, and different training facilities to help fill the void of um, not having an appropriate place to train and play. Um, so we really um, we don't always get it right initially, but we do our best to cultivate the the best and pr- most professional training environment that we can at this this point in time. And um, you know, looking forward to the future and building upon all the successes that we've had with our different tours. Um, just to scratch the surface for it. I mean, we played at Madison Square Garden last year in the United yeah. Center. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah. So it's, it's really exciting, but at the same time, you know, a lot of it is on the shoulders of, of the best players in the world. So I think it's really cool that we emphasize it's a player led player driven organization because it truly is. I think commissioner Knight has a nice ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be an owner. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Own that shit, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. all own that shit. Yes, I agree. Yeah. That's that is going to be the next wave. Uh, it it really feels like in this tipping point of women's sports is that you're going to see so many more players and women owning, running, which is how it should be. I think honestly. So right. and it does not surprise me, of course, that Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss are two that have been hugely instrumental, I know, in your movement on the PWHPA side, because they are the thread that everything runs through, it feels like with women's sports. They're so fantastic. We are so lucky to have them mm-hmm. and fortunate. 
<clears throat> and for them to, you know, take take this leap with us from the get-go when we were trying to figure out where we were going to play, how much we were going to sell tickets for, who was going to be a part of this thing, um, to have them step in and really help help us sort of carve out a better future for the sport is, you know, I, I hope they make a movie and write books about it one day because it, it's truly amazing what they've done. And that's just our little space, right? I know. I know but she's, she's yeah. impacted us so much. I mean, everything runs through Kinger, really does. She's the best. Um, okay, to to get my competitive juices out uh, because I can't anymore on a soccer field, uh, we created the Lynn game, aptly named because Lynn runs it, uh, on the podcast. So, Hillary, look the F out. I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> In the interest of time, since Hillary has to get to training, we're going to do best of three. Normally, we do best of five questions. We're going to do best of three questions. Most important part of the game, what is your noisemaker? Julie? I've got a new one I'm very excited about. It's a green machine. No, 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 but piglet. That's a dog toy for sure. Yes. Swaggy just looked up. She's going <laughs> to want it. She's going to want it. Hillary, what have you got? I have keys. Boom. This is a trivia game with three questions, all multiple choice. The theme of this game is grab bag. It can be about anything. Swaggy. Question one. Before Miley Cyrus... Recorded Wrecking Ball, it was offered to which of these singers? Oh. A, Adele, B, Mariah Carey, or C, Beyonce? No, I don't know. Hillary went in. Um, I'm just going to go with Beyonce because I love her. Correct. Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I gotta win this one. Short game is tough. So I can go get it on the. It's on the bed for you. It's Pressure is a privilege. <laughs> Question two: Which country invented ice cream? A. Italy. B. France. Or C. China. Julie. Italy. Incorrect. Hillary, you can win the game with this. Is it France or China? I'm going to go with China. Correct. Oh, no. There's no way it would be China. It's got to be France. (laughs) What year did they in? What what year? I do not have the answer to that. That's some good stuff. What is your source, Lynn? If it's Wikipedia, then we're going to the third question. I GTS'd it. <laughs> GTS it. Google that shit. Okay, most pressing questions. Are you ready, Hill? Yep. You are known as Niter, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Nickname. There's Coiner for Kendall Coin. Is that a hockey thing where you add an ER to the end of someone's last name? I guess I guess so. Yeah. But then some people's names just don't work. So it's just it it's a lot of like last names. Unless someone does something like funny or there's something unique about them that you give them a different name entirely. Because you couldn't do Foutier. Ozawier. Yeah. Niter Coiner. It's such a good nickname. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Sometimes we call it Coiner. Queenie. But... <laughs> Maybe because they're one syllables. Knight, Niter, mm. Coin, Coiner. Okay. Um, my most pressing question is... Please describe what a hockey locker room smells like after a game. Awful. <laughs> it 
that's brutal. It's, I want um, full details. Ah, like sweat and garbage. <laughs> <laughs> or I should say hard work, hard work and trash, right? No, um, it's not great. And I think, you know, it depends um, what our travel schedule is like. And if our equipment gets the opportunity to air out and dry completely, oh, if it God. doesn't, that's when it starts. You know how it is with cleats, right? If you oh, just put them in a bag wet yeah. and you pull them out, they don't smell great. And then they oh. smell work next time. Come on, that should be illegal. That's not yeah. right. So the goalies are, the goalies equipment kind of takes a while to dry. So that's tough on them. Um, but in comparison to some of the other rooms that I've been a part of, our group is not super smelly, which is nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, girls, yeah. we glow. It's the, can you yeah. imagine the boys locker room? Oh God. Well, okay. We had a, we had a shipment of pants come through one time. Um, and I think they were in a shipping container that had like cayenne pepper. And so you can only imagine like what that smelled like. It was not fun. You walk in there, it was like cayenne and sweat. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. So I don't think they do that anymore. <laughs> Last segment, high, low cheer. It's the high of your career, the low of your career, and the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way. This is so hard. Um, I'm going to split the high between our 2017 um, equitable support win, thanks to you. Um, mm, and That's the big the contractual win. win. Yeah. Yep. yep. So that was like when it full, it came full circle. So we had that magical, you know, moment of finally mm-hmm. being supported and stuff and able to just be ballers on the world stage and win a gold medal. Um, the low would probably be um, right after Sochi losing that, mm. that uh, Olympics. Mm. That was really tough. I thought I was going to retire for a little bit of time. Thankfully didn't. Um, and then you really were going to retire after Sochi. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just, it was heartbreaking, uh, heartbreaking. I, I, I can remember drinking in the team USA house with you all after that. Actually. Oh yeah. I probably look like this. <laughs> I remember. Then you were like, how? "No soul." I was just, I was done. <laughs> how do you get over it? I go, you go win the next one. That's yeah. how you get over it. <laughs> like I am so sick of losing. How does this not happen? You win. Yeah. You start winning. You're there. You're there. <laughs> you have the sauce. I want the sauce. So, yeah. Um, and um, I can't remember what was the third term for the the cheer. The cheer. So someone who's helped you or you're grateful for along oh, the way. Oh gosh, there's so many people. There are so many people, and I know that sounds cliche, but it takes a full team behind a team to get yeah. one of us to be successful on the world stage. And whether that's, you know, friends, coaches along the way, um, people who have just championed you and supported you when you might not even know it, um, and family. Um, yeah. You know, thankfully, my mother was the, the best role model that I could mm-hmm. ever have growing up and continues to be. Um, Cause you know, there weren't as many opportunities for girls playing hockey. And she's like, if you want to do that, just go do it. And so that's it. <laughs> but like, you know, I mean, it's just, I don't think people really understand um, when you're on that world stage, when you're receiving that medal, um, you know, there's a whole army behind you that has supported you yeah. since you laced up your skates. Yeah. And now you have a whole dope village army behind you as well. <laughs> that is going to be cheering you on in just a few months time. I cannot believe it's just a few months away. Hillary, thank you, my dear, for taking the time for what you've given to the sport, for what you've given to women's sports. And now with an MBA, the world world is opened. Look out. 
So watch us. Watch us take on the world. It's going to be fun. So we'll be rooting you on. We will for sure. Awesome. We got to get you back on the ice. Now. <laughs> and uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some Hillary Knight. Mm. That was fun. So kind of her to squeeze that in. Yes. What was your takeaway, Lynn? I am still in awe of the fact that Hillary got her MBA during all of the COVID <laughs> quarantine. She built her home gym and she said, I need something else to do. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go back to school and, and not do it in two years. I'm going to knock it out in a little more than a year. That's just unbelievable. Because building a home gym is not enough. Let's right. just go get an MBA on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of respect. I, she was having to get off to training, so I couldn't follow up on the home gym, but I definitely heard that. I was like, wait, what? I'm going to go check it out on the gram. My takeaway was that they have been, we didn't get into it as much in this episode as we did in our past episode with Megan Duggan and Kendall Coyne, but they've been fighting for respect from their federation, from the hockey community for a very long time. And I love that they were able to make strides, but they're still fighting. So I am raising my hand because I'm ready for society and federations and companies to just honor these women enough to do the right damn thing. Support them, water the garden, watch them grow. Mm. Give them a platform and they will shine because they're smart. They're great role models. I could go on and on, but everyone should know who Hillary Knight is. Definitely. And all the other players that play for that fantastic team. Without a doubt. (sighs) Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Questions permitted, Len. That was a good soapbox to get on. I fully support it. Yes. Questions permitted today comes from Miss Coach K on the the Insta. It's a question I think all of us are wondering. What's the latest Toto update? It came. It's in my garage. There might be a pillow and blanket on top of it (laughs) because I've been sleeping on it. Uh, I literally attacked the FedEx man (laughs) when he dropped it off (laughs) yes I might have dry humped him (laughs) and (laughs) he's like damn sister you're pretty excited about this I was like thank you thank you oh my god let's hug it out he's like all right uh and um it is not installed yet that is coming Mm -hmm. hopefully I'm told Mm -hmm. by my husband in the next week or so so Baby steps. It's one step closer to Toto Heaven. I'm one step closer. <laughs> Toto Heaven. Mm-hmm. Wow. I have a really quick update before we leave this podcast. Cool. Because as many of our Dope Village may have seen, the New York City Marathon happened on Sunday, November 7th, and four of our awesome laughter permitted guests crushed it at this marathon. First, you had Shalane Flanagan, who was just on our last episode. And if you haven't listened to that one, it's phenomenal. She finished her sixth marathon in six weeks and ran all six in under three hours. This one was her fastest at two hours, 33 minutes and 32 seconds. Oh, incredible. My, my word. Tatiana McFadden also completed five of the six fall major world marathons. She didn't do Tokyo because that was postponed. And she took second at 
the New York City Marathon in the women's wheelchair race. Molly Seidel, bronze medalist from the Olympics. Oh, she just ran the fastest New York City Marathon ever for an American <laughs> woman and finished fourth. And then finally, Abby Wambach. Abby Wambach, as she says, <laughs> completed her first ever marathon. First ever. And she crushed it. She did it in three hours and 44 minutes. Wow. That's so good. Under four hours. Mm. She described it to me as magic. She said if it didn't hurt so much to train, she'd do it again. I was like, well, you've done that. I haven't. Incredible. How much credit do you think that we can take your laughter permitted for all of this success? 99.9%. Mm, yeah, that sounds about right. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I do feel, though, that you and I were the only two who didn't run the New York City Marathon after watching everyone on Instagram. There was a lot of people running that. It looks so much fun. Yeah, it did. It was very inspiring. It got my juices revving for following through on what I said oh. on our Shalane interview. Mm -hmm. And what did you say, Lynn, for those who missed it? I said that I'm going to run a marathon within this next year. Big hairy ass goal, baby. Be heck, be heck, be heck. <laughs> There it is. I said it more confidently there. In the interview itself, I kind of had a question mark at the end of it, but now I'm going in with confidence. Put it into the universe. All right. That does it for us. Another episode in the books. Please download and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't. Plus, we love all your comments, so keep them coming as well. Speaking of downloads, actually, we recently discovered we've had over... Drum roll, please, Lynn. <laughs> 2.25 million downloads of our podcast. And all this time, I just thought it was my mom and sister who were listening. My dad listens too. Shout out to Hank. Yeah. Thank you, Hank. So love our dope village and are so incredibly grateful for your support as well. Thank you to Ally and Dick's Sporting Goods as well for being such wonderful partners and supporters of the Dope Village. Thank you to Kate Diaz for writing and composing our theme music. And lastly, as always, sing it with us, kids. Laughter permitted. Like sweat and garbage. Hey Dope Village, I'm excited to tell you about NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, which is tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there will be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Agwumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, and Ramona Shelburne. So be sure to watch NBA Today on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap. And it's even available as a podcast. Go check it out. Swagoo and Perk, a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake hosts, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and will welcome in top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swaggoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.